We haven't started yet. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's go. And then five, four, three. You know, you'll see somehow the world's gonna change with me and be so, and be so wonderful. Cool life, fresh <laughs> air. You know this pussy's gonna be bare. Wow. Cause it is wonderful. Hello, and Hi. you are listening to a, a bonus mini-sode of how did this get uh, praised. But uh, you're in for a treat. I'm here with my co-host, Stefan Carlson. Dan- Daniela, did you listen to the last mini-sode? What, what I put in there when it's the host. When the, you... the joke. The epic joke I made in the Blue Velvet mini-sode. Um, I don't remember it, but I did hear it. <laughs> it was that this is a mini-sode, and that doesn't mean someone who lives in Minnesota. Dun, dun, dun. I didn't even just listen to that episode. I remembered it because it was so <laughs> epic. Such an epic gamer moment. Should that from here on out be like the tagline for every Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm here with Stevan Carlson, who is staring at a corner in a wall right now. Uh, how are you today, Stefan? I'm good. I'm actually staring at my second monitor, which is in the corner of the wall. Yeah, so it's a very, it's a very apt. That's yeah. why I said. I, I thought didn't... you were making a Blair Witch reference. Did I say JK at the end? No. Then I wasn't joking. Um, no, I was making a Blair Witch reference. I'm glad you're good. I'm glad. Yeah. What have you... Uh, so so the special treat, listeners, is usually our, our mini-sodes from Minnesota um, include uh, cut segments from uh, our latest full episode um, but instead of giving you some uh, some deleted scenes from our It Follows episode, we're actually recording something brand new for you right now. Yeah, um, we all know that episode was trash. Um, we're just trying to move on from it as quickly as possible. If, well, I, I never like something being very close to me <laughs> in proximity. <laughs> uh, certainly not It Follows. Um, so yeah, how have you been since we last recorded? I'm good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah. How are you? Excellent. You know, I um, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Same. Yeah. We're just <laughs> we're in a weird uh, transitional moment right now between it's almost Halloween and it's almost the election. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's almost Christmas. <laughs> it's, it's almost Christmas. <laughs> Nothing else in between. <laughs> Everything just feels kind of. Uh, a little bit in flux right now with the mm-hmm. world. Oh, shit. Um, I'm sorry. I just re- realized I don't have the muffler thing. So you're probably like, oh, uh, like. Fun fact Danielle uses a beer koozie as a pop guard. And I think that's fantastic. I do. It's super effective. If yeah, you have a beer actually... koozie because you grew up in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, you yeah, know, we're as. as um, the best band Modest Mouse once said, we all float on. And yeah, you'll float too. I feel That's like a... we made this exact exchange before. Or am I no! having a deja vu? Whatever. No. Um, 
Rudy Giuliani stuck his pan his hand down his pants and Borat too. That was the big story of the day. Yeah. That, imagine we're being held hostage right now and we're showing you the newspaper <laughs> headline to verify that uh, we are with the kidnappers. That was our, our audio attempt at that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani maybe masturbating to young woman, maybe uh, manipulated so that it looked that way. You know, the media is a funny thing, everyone. Um, especially in mockumentary-style filmmaking. Oh, wow. What a Did what you a, see how I made that, that segue? Yeah, it was good. I liked um, it. So, listeners, you're in for a treat. We're going to have a little mini-sode for our spooky October uh, month that we have going on. We're going to have a little mini-sode today on... What is it on, Stefan? It's on found footage. Yes, found footage horror movies. As a genre. As a genre. Um, and uh, we'll be talking primarily, the both of us saw the movie Creep for the first time this week. Uh, so we'll be talking about that and touching upon a couple of other uh, found footage favorites we share, um, which are not at all the two most obvious ones. No. <laughs> what uh so yeah so this is a this is a a little mini so so stefan uh it's gonna be chill it'll be very chill wait we're we're drinking drinking we're having a nice cool one cracking open a cold one with the boys yeah. you're you're the boys now listener stefan just dabbed in I just case dabbed. you can tell <laughs> so stefan when we first met mm. um we, you know, we always reference in these episodes that we met in a high school film class. We did. Um, one of the movies we're going to talk about today, we had seen in that high school film class. But I want you, I want you to set the stage of, you know, imagine some, the listener is there with us in this class. Okay. Describe the environment. Oh, I thought you would want me to set the stage in the 90s. <laughs> it's 1999 <laughs> nirvana is everywhere um yeah but high school film class we're just we're having a good time we're playing back to bacon like in every class period yes which uh, is is a game where you have to list a movie and then someone has to say someone an actor who is in the movie and then someone has to say movie that that actor did and so on like that is that right it's been a while it's been since then yeah I mean, it's i know it's you a, play it with your parents on the on somewhat of a regular basis sort of we do different variations of uh of that not exactly that it's essentially the game six degrees of separation um but instead of just connecting any random two people the original game back to bacon would be that you have to connect it to kevin bacon but we would play it anyone would just come up with so i would say uh helen mirren and you would say uh the queen isn't wasn't she in the queen yes and then i would say was michael sheen in the queen i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Helen Mirren was in Winchester. Oh, okay. oh National Treasure 2. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, you National Treasure 2. You say National Treasure 2. I say Nicolas Cage. You say... Adaptation. And I say... Uh, um, the, the, the Meryl Streep. I was going to say the famous one. 
Meryl Streep, who I was trying to connect it to all along. We played the game, Ellen Mirren and Meryl Streep. Yeah. National Treasure 2, an adaptation. Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Um, so yeah, we would play that. And when we watched movies, you know, what was like the movie watching vibe in that class? And you want to talk the listener then, through what we had to do with movies. I don't actually, I don't super remember. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember watching them on a projector in a classroom and me thinking that was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to give you an opportunity to like do some creative storytelling here. Like, like, you know, sure. add some of that writer's flourish. Well, we were all horny all the time. <laughs> Is this cats? <laughs> yeah. We would, Judy Dench was everywhere. Do you think Mr. Censor his name out? Uh, if he still teaches a film class that cats has replaced Moulin Rouge as. God, Moulin I hope so. <laughs> he loves cats too. I know he does. Really? Uh, now, I oh, don't know about the movie, the musical. That's so on brand. I used to hate him for it. He hates Wicked, though. I know, and I'd be like, be but you crime. like cats. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful ghosts. Um, so yeah, we would we would watch movies on the projector, uh, on in your usual laminated floor, overhead ceiling. Over a couple days. Too. Over a couple days. This is true. These weren't like hour and a half, two hour classes. So our teacher would select a genre. And then a movie that he felt was essential, everyone saw from that genre, uh, which was sometimes debatable. Uh, yeah. And we would watch it over two days. And then I believe you would get two assignments per genre. The first would be to write like, was it just like a blurb about the one we watched in class? Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was 10 years ago, but yes, go, go on. Okay. Um, and then you would pick a movie from that genre to that watch as homework. And then you would write a review with your own rating system. That so, was so fun. What did you, what were some of the movies you picked? Oh, fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Whew, I, I did Chicago for musical. I feel like Seems... you did the Japanese ring for horror. I did do the Japanese ring. That's right. I think Holy that's shit. when I first knew you were obsessed with the ring because you were like, I think you and Mr. What's his name uh, geeked out over the ring. I think you were we both did. like, it's we really good. We did really good. geek out over the ring and um, the Japanese version too. Anyway. Film um, class. So film class, this is where, so for the horror genre, which I was very nervous about. If you listen to last episode, you know, I was a notorious scaredy cat. So I was very afraid that I would have to be in a room of my peers, my teenage peers, watching a horror movie. And the movie that Mr. Boom uh, had us watch was Blair Witch Project, 1999, found footage movie. And that was the first time I had seen it. Was that the first time you had seen it? No, I'd seen it before. And here's why I remember that. Because I wasn't there for one of the days that we watched Blair Witch. <laughs> but I was like, it's cool, Mr. Lil. I've seen it, so it's fine. <laughs> I might have been there for the first day, but not the second day. That's the worst day to be I know. there for. I don't remember why. Maybe I was being cool and cutting class and smoking in the bathroom or something. Was that something you did a lot? Yeah. 
I was the coolest high school kid <laughs> fucking ever. I had bitches on so many arms. This is true, but it was very platonic. <laughs> but you were often surrounded by a gaggle of girls. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. You were the token gay. And then we all turned out to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of tokens. You get a lot of arcade playtime <laughs> out of our group. So Blair Witch is the first in, in chapter in the found footage horror genre. So what are your feelings about the Blair Witch Project? The, the original one, not Book of Shadows and not The Blair Witch? Or what? Ooh, I have a lot of feelings about the 2016 Blair Witch uh, reboot, remake thing. But um, the Blair Witch, uh, the first one is really, really good. Um, it's a really good foundation. Um, one thing I really admire about it is that it was just a group of film students who just went out into the woods and filmed a scary movie with their, their two cameras. <laughs> and I think that's pretty dope. And this to have it have such a, a big impact on horror and the genre as a whole is really fucking cool. And I admire that about all found footage. Well, not all found footage movies. <laughs> The genre in general is based on creating something out of extreme limitations or low budget or something Mm -hmm. like that. And it really shines uh, because of that. And it works to its uh, benefit a lot of the time. I think one of the things I found out recently about the movie is that um, the, I believe the cast and the filmmakers, while close in age and, um, like all students of film one way or another uh did not know each other um so the the filmmakers found the cast but it it kind of was through a chain i think i think like heather actually might have auditioned for it and then brought the other two on which is very much like the movie essentially um and the filmmakers you know because there wasn't this friendship it was still director and group of actors like uh, didn't give them a script at all, would tell them generally what was going to happen, and then would, like, fuck with them and actually try to distress them, which I I knew that there was some... In, it was an improvised... All of the dialogue was improvised, but what I didn't know is they would, like, intentionally ration their food so that they would get hungry, which would affect their emotions. Oh, shit. Um, they intentionally tried to scare them. It wasn't, like, always, like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Is They would sometimes just be, like, you're going to this house like at the end and but they didn't know what was going to happen at the house Uh um so a little bit of potentially shady filmmaking on the back end depending on how you feel about it's really uh, scary yeah terrorizing your actors to get a reaction uh but their reactions are really good (laughs) i too like this movie i do think it loses its effectiveness for 90 percent of the movie after the first time you watch it but yeah. the ending is just, it It just makes my heart fucking race. And that last shot is like, that last shot made me realize like, oh, I think I kind of like horror movies and when things are a little this. fucked up because it's just, that's a really scary picture. Yeah. Um, so Blair Witch starts it all. And then uh, shortly in our history of relationship with found footage, uh, shortly after that class, when you and I had become established as friends, uh, one Halloween, a year or two later, a group of us went to your house 
and uh, watched the first three Paranormal Activity movies, which I think were the only Paranormal Activity movies at that time. There was not a four or ghost dimension or... <laughs> the marked ones. The, the marked ones. Um, I really like the first one. I saw that in theaters. I'd give that a seven. Oh, wow. And then, um, yeah, the, the sequels were okay. So I'd give those like a five. Gotcha. What not was your... the fourth and the fifth one. <laughs> Um, what was the in-theater experience like? So if, if anyone was alive during that time, you'll remember the trailer, <laughs> which showed nothing from the movie except some, like, very, like, bad night vision. And <laughs> then audiences going, wah! It was so smart. Um, it, was, it was such a good marketing campaign. It really um, was. It, w- it was, like, right during the Facebook. It was, like, right at the start of Facebook, I think. Yeah, and not so, not too long after. There would be there was like a Facebook page and a website to demand that it be shown in your city. And it, it had very limited, very weird, like not cities you would expect, like not big cities. It'd be somewhere small or like a college town. And then it would just hop around the country until it got a wide release eventually. And then I saw it in theaters. Um it was cool. It 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 it's very it's scarier in theaters, um, obviously. I imagine everything's scarier in theater. Yeah. It, it's interesting to watch people kind of freak out mm-hmm. during a movie and with jump scares. And that movie's very good at jump scares. I was going to say, it does it really subtly. It's really just that last, again, you know, like the very last shot. That yeah. Is, um, which is probably what all that footage is from, <laughs> is the very end. Because um, other than that, it's like a Ouija board is set on fire. And that's kind of it. Yep. Um, as far as like an actual jump, everything else is just very creepy. Very slow build. Yeah. yeah. I dig it. Well, and I think what works about it, I mean, I think it, obviously there had been found footage movies in between. Um, mm-hmm. another one I really like, but, uh, I haven't watched in a long time, so we don't need to talk about it is Cloverfield. Um, okay. I actually really, I mean, I liked it when it came out. I don't know if it holds up. We can, we can. We can. I haven't seen the original Cloverfield. You haven't seen the original? No, I've only seen the sequel. Huh? That was like my f- when it came out. It was like my favorite movie for a while. I thought it was really good. Um, I think I probably saw it before Blair Witch too. Um, so that was maybe my introduction to found footage. But yeah, I mean, I think Paranormal Activity really brought on a revival of the genre, and now yeah. it's like you see it all the time and. Uh, I think just bringing back mockumentaries in general with like The Office and Parks and Rec as well has just been like everything's found footage or documentary style. Um, but Paranormal Activity and Blair Witch tap more into the fear of what you don't see, um, either because you're in the dark or in a tent or you're sleeping. Um, and then the second and third one are like, let's get into mythology and make it more <laughs> jumpy. <laughs> um, where like the other two are just the dread of things, especially like in the case of Blair Witch, you literally never see what the thing is. Yeah. Just or you'll see it like a, the briefest glimpse and it'll be blurry and hard to see. Yeah. On um, purpose. And then like similar ending, but with more of a generic jump at the end of uh, Paranormal Activity. Of- yeah oh, this is the monster and it has, like, this girl's gone, it did what you were afraid it was going to do and everyone's dead. 
Um, I'm pretty sure there was an alternate ending and the studio kind of wanted that to be, or whatever entity was releasing it widespread wanted them to reshoot the ending. There is, um, I think there's two alternate endings, but they might've only shot one. Um, I think in one of them, she kills herself. And, but mm. they were like, there's no room for a sequel. <laughs> that would have been a better ending, honestly. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm looking at it right now. Um, she still is like the similar kind of like her being really afraid this thing is going to come after her. And then uh, you find out that she had killed the boyfriend, but you don't see it creature demon leaves her body and police officers come and she is not possessed so it's like uh, but she gets shot it's like yeah. almost the get out yeah. ending um i actually think the third one is my favorite one Interesting. Uh, i it's certainly like more generically scary um but i really like the mythology and even though i'm not a fan of jump scares or that kind of spookiness at the same time uh i think i sucked it up to watch it with the group because i didn't want to be a pussy but i also remember it as like oh yeah that was like really effective and i enjoyed it um the second one yeah some of their kids right yeah it's like the backstory but it's one of the few times where you get that kind of backstory and i think it's like actually very effective cool um i think there's also a really good scare in that movie where the camera is rotating and as it comes around each cycle it's like something changes or Mm. uh, you you get hints of the of the ghost um which i think is really fucking cool and scary yeah um so what do you like about found footage movies in general I like their uh, spunky nature. Mm-hmm. Um, just from like a even a meta, um, more meta standpoint, that you can make a movie like with your iPhone, not with your iPhone. <laughs> <but> you can, <laughs> this is <you> Tangerine. Can, <laughs> you can make a movie just with one singular camera. And have it be so as effective, if not more effective, as a multi-million dollar studio effort is pretty cool. And I like the the tricks and mechanisms that you have to come up with to make it scary. That limitation brings on the creativity and kind of helps it blossom. Probably even more if it had the resources of a studio film. I think some of the older ones too, like Blair Witch and <laughs> it's so weird to say Paranormal Activity is an older one, but I think they're also effective because they legitimately look real because all of the effects are practical. Yeah. Um, or aren't even effects at all. Like Blair Witch yeah. is just set pieces essentially. That's, that's what brought down the Blair Witch reboot mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. Was the awful... You see, like, the witch, mm-hmm. or not, like, but the witch's servant is, I think, how they clarify it, because you never see the witch, right? But it's, like, this really shitty-looking CGI monster thing. Anything with a shitty-looking CGI monster oh, yeah. is immediately just, like, this and is And superimposed into, like, like, what's supposed to look like realistic camera footage, it immediately, I'm like, okay. And, like, they go to the house in that movie 
and it's like the brother looking for Heather. It's Heather's brother come back to look for Heather. And it looks like a video game. Uh, like the whole house just looks like, it looks like a video game sequence. And I'm like, this is, this is the worst. Yeah. I hate this so much. Well, it's like they fundamentally miss the point of what made Blair Witch in the first place and Paranormal Activity so scary and have such successful audiences, part of which is really good marketing for both of them. Yeah. Um, but also is because of the sense of like, it legitimately looks like it could be real. Not yeah, just and- because it's filmed on a, on the, from a point of view, but because what is happening on the camera filmed from someone's point of view is actually really scary i think the other thing that really is really effective on me and gives me chills is the lack or all having all the sound be diegetic Mm. is like when i am far more haunted by a kill that happens to no music and Mm -hmm. no sound other than the sound of killing than something that intentionally makes me jump but is like i think that shouldn't diminish the kill the kill is what should be scary yeah, the best jump scares don't have any any sound cue. When my dad saw my dad saw Blair Witch uh, oh, yeah. when it came out in theaters, uh, my cousin took him to see it, and she told him it was real, mm-hmm. and that it was just a real documentary. Mm-hmm. And he came out of it like, "Holy shit! Like that that was real. You told me that was real." Yeah, and it, it totally seems like it could be real too. Nothing supernatural happens like it could be somebody fucking with this group of teenagers even yeah it's not necessarily the fact that it's a witch it's like the believability that something happened to these three people that like brutally murdered them and the fact that it's unseen you can't investigate this this is just the remnants of people who died that's like the scariest thing to me because it's like the reality of like a horrible thing that can happen to you that happened in a couple of films actually where um, like people in well, the film Hannibal, uh, Hannibal fucking shit, Cannibal Holocaust. I mixed up the first letters. Um, is oh, a really, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's a really, um, it's a seventies uh, cannibal exploitation movie mm-hmm. documentary that um, got the filmmakers into a bit of legal trouble. And the Mm. cast had to come out and publicly declare that they weren't hurt or harmed during filming of it. But they did get in trouble for killing animals on film. Oh, that I have heard about, yes. They were like, well, I guess some people died or some things died. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like when you have a movie and you need the actors to come forward because people are believing it could be true, like... That's pretty cool. Well, and the filmmakers of Blair Witch leaned into it, and obviously you can tell they're kind of trolls in the way that they, with um, the actors, were like, maybe you will die, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was that, uh, I mean, again, I kind of feel for this cast. The cast literally had to hide. They they, They put things on the internet they updated their imdb pages to all accounts these actors had died already until Mm -hmm. it had been like a month where they could finally be like it was a hoax um which also then took away any power the actors had to like actually launch an acting career by doing interviews and doing press tours yeah it ended up all going to these two filmmakers um 
just kind of shitty in retrospect. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's cool from like a guerrilla marketing kind of way. But when you think about it, you're like, well, this is the movie <laughs> business though. And there's like a reason these three have barely been in anything since. Yeah. You got cast into a, into a hole. That's gotta be hard to come out of. Well, and basically, not only were you cast and you had to pretend to die, but then you couldn't talk about your, then because the movie leaned so hard into it's real, no one would like actually think about their performances and then they didn't get the credit for acting really well because people were like, well, you didn't really act though. Um, Yeah, it's just really sucky to be part of something so um, groundbreaking and to not get any of the credit for it when obviously you know some of it is them actually being scared but they're still acting like you know they're still actors no they're Um, all really good they're they're so good um all right let's wrap this up uh because otherwise this is going to turn into a full episode and this is a mini so damn it no um so let's talk about the latest found footage movie that uh isn't is a, is a few years old but you and i just saw for the first time this week which is uh the patrick bryce movie i believe it's 2014 or maybe it's 2015 it might be the same mm. year as it follows uh yeah. creep starring patrick bryce himself and mark creep. <laughs> oh patrick which one is patrick bryce he is the the filmmaker okay mark duplass is the creep gotcha <laughs> Um, so Stefan, uh, tell me your thoughts on this movie. Or should I give a synopsis first? Oh yes. Yeah. You gotta do your world famous synopsis. Okay. Here we go. So, um, an amateur filmmaker is contacted by a man, uh, seemingly on Craigslist who wants to make a movie. She wants him to follow him around with video camera. Um, so he invites him up to a cabin the filmmaker goes in. It's pretty weird. Uh, you get a weird vibe from it. At first, he's not there. He has to wait for him in his car. Um, then when you finally get introduced to the dude, he's like, I have cancer. I want to film footage of me so I can give it to my son. He's not born yet, but when he's born, so he can have footage of his dad. Uh, which starts off with him taking a bath. That's the first thing they Hubby time. Hubby time. <laughs> um... And then it's about their filming day and the bond between them. And the hijinks and hilarity. (laughs) And the hilarity and hijinks that ensues after their day of film filming. Wonderful synopsis, Stefan. That's Um, my job. Pulitzer. Pulitzer Prize. And an Um, English major. Need to point that out. (laughs) Um, So what did you think of the movie? Um, I liked it a lot. I thought there were a couple of really creepy scenes that really hit hit all my buttons. Um, but I liked I liked that it was short. I felt like it spent just enough time on what it needed to and didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Um, I liked that it was funny at some parts. Like some parts are just really funny. <laughs> um, and just it was a good like little one shot of horror. Just a nice little taste. And that's all you really need sometimes. I agree with you. Um, I think like out of all of the horror, as I've started to embark on 
core lately. I think this is actually up there as one of my favorite horror movies mm-hmm. that I've watched recently. Um, I think that brevity is so important because it is just enough time for you to spend wondering if this guy is just off but not dangerous yeah. or if he is dangerous. And I think if you spend one minute more with it, that whole suspense is just lost. And it's the fact that you just don't have time to spend with most of his actions that uh, all of this tension is built, but also you don't, it, you don't lose all of the air out of it. Um, and, and a lot yeah. of that tension comes from um, being like, what would you do in that situation? Because there's this guy who seems really off, but he also just told you he has cancer and is dying in a few mm-hmm. months. Like, so you feel obligated to feel sympathy for him. And like the filmmaker, you want to stay with him. But at the same time, you're like in your inner voice is screaming like, get the fuck out of there. This guy's like, this guy's really weird and clearly disturbed. Yeah. And I also like that. I like that the movie brings in like the tiniest bit of like a deeper theme, but again, doesn't spend enough time with it for you to be like one, it's preachy or two Mm. that wasn't there at all. Um, Which is the idea of like, how do we even conceive of our perceptions of people and is like weirdness or creepiness inherently evil or is mental health. And like, it kind of goes through all these things and doesn't, make a stance on any of it but makes you have to kind of especially since it is from the protagonist i guess you would call him the protagonist the filmmaker's point of view um you're put into that position of like am i judging this guy too harsh should i be nicer to him is he evil or is he just have no social cues or Mm. is he a kind of bad person but he's not going to kill me like am i right to have those notions um all of that suspense works really well for me. Yeah, I think that's the that's what it's at this movie's core is that is the viewer having that inner conflict, mm-hmm. and they're just good horror sequences, um, especially at night at the cabin, is I think when it's really good. The um the scene where he's begging the protagonist not to leave, and he's wearing the wolf hood. And he like jerks off while he's sleeping. And then he's like at the door and he's like, and the filmmaker's like, are you going to let me leave? And he just shakes his head like, no. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Mark Duplass is amazing in this movie because yeah, he's really he, good. he manages to both be funny and creepy without doing a character. It feels so natural coming from him, which is yeah. what makes it all the more settling. It's like, oh, this could be a real person who like, this it doesn't it almost you're you're almost like I have a hard time believing it's a mental illness because he is far too sure in the way he carries himself. Like you said, like silently just like shaking and, his head like nah man. <laughs> he's so casual about his like malice. It's kind of very he's charming and endearing in a way too. Yeah. Um the scene I right before what you're talking about when it's nighttime, that single image of him, With since him on the on stairs. This, yeah, when they're on the very steep hill and he's on the stairs and you can't yeah. see him, you only see a silhouette is so frightening. Um, yeah, it's a good shot. It's really good. And also just the way that up until the very end, all of his like malice is also casual. 
Like he doesn't necessarily hurt um, the filmmaker. He doesn't, he like scares him a couple of times incidentally, Mm. but he literally just tries to mess with his head more than anything. Um, And do things that are like violations like violations of your person without actually injuring him. And that's somehow more unsettling, like cutting your hair while you're sleeping. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's not, that's not the same as like a ghost, like scratching your back while you're sleeping. That's like something you didn't even know happened and might not ever notice happened. That's so Mm -hmm. fucking scary. Um, what'd you think of the ending? The ending's weird. <laughs> the ending I thought was re- really funny, actually. It made me laugh out loud. Like the very last like shot or like the whole no, ending? The the ending sequence, I guess, of him at the Spoilers. Park. Yeah. Um he he sends him a tape um along with a knife and asks him to oh, meet God, him. I'm sorry, I j- it freaks me at a it- park. But you can see this happening really easily, too. That's mm-hmm. one of the scary things about it. It's um, so accessible in the sense of, like, I mean, anyone could mail you anything. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you could answer an ad to go do a job and have it be, like, someone who might want to take advantage of you in some way. And that, that thought itself is really scary. Well, I'm like, at, the impl- Oh, go ahead, go ahead. At the end... Um, he he goes to the park and he sits on a bench and he's has his camera on in his car and he's just sitting on the bench and you see the you see Joseph who's kind of the main villain come into frame and he puts on the wolf mask from before and then he just, that part made me laugh <laughs> it takes it takes like a minute of him like getting ready he t- picks up an axe and swings it down over Protag's head and i'm like aren't you gonna turn around like there's something really <laughs> funny about it there is and at first i was frustrated because i thought it was just a dumb movie thing where it's like the of course the protagonist does like the least sensical thing but then the movie immediately called attention to it and i was like oh this is like <laughs> this isn't just convenient writing they're like yeah what an idiot because <laughs> he's the best of us he trusted him so much he was like not even gonna turn around it's very Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, that whole sequence is funny, but I will say the kill itself really freaked me out. That, like, fucked me up. The silent. Yeah, again, it's like the fact that you really don't hear anything, and you just, I mean, the effects are really good. I don't, I'm sure they didn't have to do much because you're from a distance and it's a little fuzzy, but it's like, yeah. it's not like there's a convenient cutaway or anything like that. No, yeah puts his Feels fucking axe into someone's head and they very banal yeah they silently kill over and then it just hangs on that which is like even if you're not in this situation the idea of like there being a tape of that out in the world also is just i mean there are real world incidences of people filming actual horrifying things happening and it's like yeah yeah i mean that's like that would fuck me up if that yeah. was real <laughs> Um, him putting away the videotape, <laughs> and you see he has a closet <laughs> full of videotapes, though, opened up a lot of questions for me that <laughs> left me laughing. Yep. 
Because are all of them answering ads about <laughs> filming him for a day? One was labeled hairdresser. Because my question is, in like, how many cameras does he fucking have? How is he getting all of this footage? This is like the this video, you know, was like written in, but he can't be doing that with like a hundred people. Yeah, it brought up questions about the sister too. Well, like, why hasn't she done anything? She clearly knows her brother's dangerous. Like, and apparently it's happened hundreds of times. I know. Well, that's what, that was kind of the thing. I I don't know if this is naive of me, but it kind of tricked me into being like, oh, maybe he's really not going to kill anyone. And he's Mm. just like vaguely dangerous, but not like a, a serial killer as he turns out to be. And as you sometimes suspect he might be. Um, and I was like, oh, she's like, get out of there. But she's like, she knows that much, but isn't like, <laughs> is still calling him. I would be like, I assume yeah. he's not a serial killer. <laughs> um, I was like, why even use your sister's name? That's weird. <laughs> it, the whole sister thing's kind of weird. That's the one part of the plot that felt like it was a little shoehorned in to like, be like, it's a twist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really good though. And I that having her be his wife that I feel like that's scary enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, and that that whole sequence, yeah, about um, sexually assaulting his wife was really fucked up. Yeah, that scared me because. But then it's like it's not it's not real it's not real but that like scared me in the sense of like because it was purely a description like imagining mm. that fucked me up in a way yeah. more effective than if we had like seen that I think. which comes back to the limitation bringing out the best in in writing and creativity and horror yeah so let's take- you can't f- cut we'll cut back flashback when you have a found footage right. i mean you could but it would be really really bad (laughs) or even so like you could show like oh he has another video of him doing this thing or whatever say it had happened but it's like sticking with the premise and the simple one point of view premise is really effective so i was gonna say let's let's spend these last couple of minutes talking about the use uh, you know what why found footage makes this movie really good i mean I think for me, it comes back to kind of what I was saying with Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity, which is it is the most effective when it grounds you in a specific point of view um, and keeps all of the effects practical. Mark Duplass's eyes don't like turn yellow and he grows a tail or anything. <laughs> like just a dude who is in this performance is so convincing as like someone who could be real that uh, not only does do you having the camera point of view does it make it feel more real but it's also like this feel of like seeing something you shouldn't see um Mm. but that you're is almost like cursed like it almost makes it feel cursed and like the quietness of it it feels very snuffy in the way that like a snuff film Mm. even the idea of watching one feels both like taboo and frightening um the fact that it could even resemble that is really freaky to me. Yeah. Um, it, it feels very real. Like it could be real. Except for the end when the credits come up and loud rock music plays. But other than that, <laughs> that's Paranormal Activity um, cuts to black for like a solid 
few minutes before it plays its credits, which I think is really smart. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, Blair Witch, do, does it even have credits? I feel like I Blair Witch just ends. Does it not? Blair Witch really might just end or it might have like a really quick like. Like blah, blah. Like. Aftermath kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, just the thought that this is real or this is a real situation I could find myself in without any pomp or circumstance or effects or score or anything like that just immediately makes horror more relatable to me. Yeah. Well, I think what Creep does really well, and this is kind of to what you were um, saying earlier as well, is like in keeping to your low budget, there's definitely some instances of found footage where it's a little bit more montage The edits are more quick, and it's like, there were so many videos on this. <laughs> and I think, like, Creep especially makes use of, like, longer scenes. Yeah. Um, which means longer takes. And, and then you get to feel everything come out in, in real time, which also gives it, like, this very quiet suspense of, like, not what's going to happen as in what's going to pop out around the corner. Although there are a few, there are quite a few jump scares in the movie. The very yeah. first one made me like, actually like go like, ah! Of in the car? Yeah, it was so simple, but I really wasn't expecting a scare to happen right there. And it, <laughs> you weren't expecting Pete Buttigieg to just come oh, at yeah. you in your car window. <laughs> he looks so much like Pete Buttigieg. In this that- movie, he really does and that freaked me out and we have not talked about this before recording but we both thought that and <laughs> I, I want to st- state that very plainly um well that's great i think we can safely say we love found footage horror yeah it's very it's very effective when it's done well can you name some instances where you've hated it or oh, hated it or, or where you think it's not utilized as well as mm. it didn't need to be found footage or... I'm trying to think back to... I guess there were so many found footage movies that came out after Paranormal Activity that are just mediocre horror films repackaged to be found footage movies, either because the budget's really cheap or because that was the hot trend at a time, probably a mix of both. I can't think of any really specifically. Let me look at it. You ever seen Chronicle? Is that the one where it's the superpower kids? Yeah, that's one of the instances where the CGI is so distracting to me. The Gallows, that was trash. (laughs) Just like, there are so many of generic found footage movies Mm -hmm. that just don't do anything with it at all and just make a horror movie, but it's, ooh, it's on a camcorder. (laughs) We didn't need a steady cam. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And that's just lazy. Yeah, I think a lot of people have maybe attributed like you can't do Blair Witch again because of the internet. But I don't I don't think that's true. I don't think it's so much about the gimmick of this is real and making a lie or campaign about that, but I think it's just the sensation. 
you know, your brain is still going to process things that look real to be real, no matter how much it knows it isn't. That's why we have phobias in the first place. And that's true of any horror movie. Right. You just got to suspend your disbelief a little. But that's for any movie in general. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people chalk up you shouldn't either shouldn't do found footage horror or it's okay to do it badly because it's just another like filming technique. But yeah, like you said, they don't, they don't adapt to the form. And I think the three movies we've talked about, uh, Blair Witch, the first paranormal activity and creep really utilize the form to do a quick movie, low budget movie, and one that at least feels real enough to have some really fucking scary sequences. Um, can I bring up a a point of conflict of something that conflicts me? Yes. We were talking about it earlier. That's why I bring it up. Uh, the film Sinister. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, has, it's a horror movie about Ethan Hawke finds these old, like, I don't know if they're super eight. They're old film reels in an attic of a house he moves into. Um, he watches them. They're all really, really disturbing uh, home movies of people getting brutally murdered in really everyday kind of ways. And they're really good. Like those sequences are some of the scariest things I've ever seen. Just the tone and the atmosphere and the banal nature of the kills themselves. Just really high quality, well-made stuff. The film around those home movies like the Ethan Hawke stuff in the lore is so trashy that it's so mediocre and awful. And it makes me so sad because someone clearly knew what they were doing, but then it's like during the actual plot in the actual movie, it just slips away from it so much. And it's, have you seen it? No, I haven't, but I was aware of that premise. And what what I was going to say is a fear of mine is not, I mean, I'm, I'm lightly superstitious, so I can say there is a very small part of me that is, like, afraid of ghouls and demons, but in general, I don't, like, stay up at night thinking, like, ah, oh, I hope I don't get possessed, but I am immensely freaked out about the idea of seeing something I don't, I'm not supposed to see that has mm. unspeakable real evil on it, you know, especially, like, you and I grew up in an age where there was a lot of like genuine shock, like not always shock videos in a sexual matter, but like, like, you know, there were shock horror sites as well, whether they were staged or real. And I did not partake in watching a lot of them, but I knew people who did. And just the idea of like, I am not supposed to see this. And this is a real thing. Like this is someone losing their life or this is someone like someone evil who is just out there. And just had, like you said, the banality of it. Um, that's far more scary to me than, like, witches. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I read the premise of Sinister, I was like, yeah, I mean, half of this sounds scary. <laughs> and it's it's really, that's the thing. It's really, really well done, those little home movies. Yeah. And that, it, like, the lawnmower one, Jesus Christ. It's so dark and just 
it, unfortunately, it's like surrounded by these bits of plot where he like has a family and oh, he's like losing connection to them and his <laughs> wife is angry and then a demon comes and takes his kid away and it's like, I, I don't, you know, this feels... And it's it looks like Slender Man. The demon looks like Slender Man. I have seen I've seen that, and I'm like, that's not scary. <laughs> it's Again, just, the idea of like seeing a, a grainy videotape of someone getting dead ass murdered is scary. Not yeah. some guy with slimy hair who looks like and, Greg from Mid Follows. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe if the the plot elements around it were better done or had better atmosphere or just didn't take you all the way out of it, that's what. That's just the found footage in that is really good. The rest of it's terrible. That's, I think, the other thing about, especially, I mean, I guess that's really what makes Creep really good is that it's not at all like you don't need actual backstories about these people to feel scared about what's going to happen, you know? And even to an extent, Paranormal Activity and Blair, which aren't really about it, but there are relationship dynamics portrayed in that. Mm. And you know, if you're like an arty horror movie, you know, fine, give me some allegory, give me some themes. But I don't necessarily need like to know someone's family situation to be scared about whether they're going to live or not. I mean, again, horror isn't supposed to scare you about what happens to other people. It's supposed to scare you of what could happen to you. That's what makes it scary. True. I mean, I don't want you to die either, but no. Um, of course. Same, ditto. Thank you. It's about Reci- time someone said it. Reciprocity. <laughs> Chicago, full circle. <laughs> um, th- thinking about it, I think Sinister could have been a better movie had it been all found footage with those home movies spliced in. Would you say the uh, actual, there are some elements of it that, uh, were really good and the movie would have been better if it didn't lean into a supernatural angle. Um, I don't even mind the supernatural angle. I mind that it's um, really bathed in stereotypes and caricatures and really un, un not compelling in any way, except for those home movies. Well, I was trying to do a segue to what our movie next Oh, I mean, yes. Yes. (laughs) Exactly Um, what I was thinking. (laughs) That's our mini-sode. Let us know on at praise underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter what you think of found footage. Any movie. Found footage isn't limited to horror. Tell us what you think about the genre in general. And if you're feeling spooky, talk about found footage horror. We'd love to hear from our fans (laughs) Um, and uh, next week we're going to be talking about Hereditary 2017 Ari Aster movie and we are going to be joined by our other friend from high school our one other friend from high school (laughs) Um, Crystal Mm. so uh, we're super excited to have them on here talking about Hereditary with us and maybe we'll have a couple of other surprises as well Yay. So until then, uh, folks, praise the That's all, folks. <laughs> I killed someone with the axe. Praise responsible. Thanks, Pete Buttigieg. High hopes. <laughs> <laughs>